Let me give you a word from the book of James chapter one, and I'll use this as a title. And then we'll, use, we'll say this, when the going gets tough, when the going gets tough, uh, and certainly it is tough right now. Although most of us on this, on this Zoom conference today are, are, are looking good and, and sounding good and God is taking good care of us, we realize that all around us there's, there's incredible pain and suffering and turmoil in the world. And this morning, I just want to say my heart goes out to all of those who, are, who, are, who have dealt with this illness, those who, are, who have lost loved ones, uh, those who are in the hospital, uh, all of the first responders and people that are working to serve the rest of us. Uh, I, my heart is filled with, with grief for those who are suffering such loss, but gratitude for those who are, who are, who are serving us to try to keep things together and, and uh, to, to, to enable us to, 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 to not only survive, but to thrive through this difficult time. But James in his epistle reminds us of the reality that even in the Christian life, and I speak to, to Christians this morning, there are trials and temptations. And, but the thing about it is as believers, um, you and I don't have to be the victims of our circumstances, but we can have victory even in times of trial and temptation. Uh, James tells us that no matter what trials or, or we are, we're experiencing, we can experience victory through faith in Christ. He writes this in verse two of James chapter one. He says, consider it pure joy, uh, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. The, the message renders the verse like this. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. The New Living Translation puts it this way. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. And I hope that all of us, paradoxically, and, 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 and in ways that don't make human sense, will find that joy in the midst of these trying times. But this verse grabs my attention because joy is not the natural or usual response that I have in difficult times. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if, if James had said, listen, he said, be aggravated, be frustrated, be ticked off, uh, or be bitter, you know, I could just skip over these words. Yeah, I, I feel you. I know exactly what that's like. I'm, I'm with you on that. But he says, but joy, he says, counted all joy uh, from a, from a, a human, human standpoint, from maybe a secular standpoint, you might say, how in the world can we have joy in the midst of a season like this? But we have to understand, first of all, before we move too far forward, we have to understand what James is not saying. James is not saying that we should be happy about every situation. Happiness is an emotion, but joy is a state of mind and a state of the soul. Listen, the Bible tells us to grieve with those who, who grieve. And, and even Jesus spoke about his heart being troubled, and he, he, he wept with the sisters of Lazarus. Lazarus. Uh, Lazarus. <laughs> uh, there, there are losses and situations that should bring sorrow to our hearts. So James is not saying that we should never be sad. James is not saying that hard times come from God. But, you know, God may sometimes on occasion send hard times to wake us up or to turn us from that which is harmful, like a parent and a child. On occasion, a parent must temporarily cause pain and discomfort to train their child. But for us, most of our hurt comes from outside and it comes from others. 
And, and there's a danger in teaching and preaching this passage. And there's, here's a danger. It's, it's the risk of turning this, which we would call a healing truth, into a series of, of empty, sugar-coated euphemisms, which we sometimes do in church. I, I would never suggest that these words mean that our trials are all happy moments. If you're dealing with physical disease, it hurts. If you're facing financial difficulty, it is painful and stressful. If you're being attacked by emotional challenges, there's no joy in that battle. When you've lost a loved one to sickness or disease, particularly when that loss is untimely and unexpected, it's not easy to just get over it. And we and the people all around us are facing all manner of painful difficulties. And despite the predilection on the part of some folks to try to happy talk us out of this, things in the world around us are likely to get worse before they get better. Listen, trials are painful. Trials hurt and no amount of insensitive religious rhetoric will make them hurt any less. And as long as we're in this body of flesh residing in this broken world, this will be true. And we have to face that truth and not cover it over with a whitewash of, of meaningless euphemisms. It's only when we face the pain our trials bring that we can reach out to grasp the promise that James is offering here. And that promise is this. Let me read again and continue on. He says, consider it pure joy as my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You know anything about metallurgy? Probably most of us don't, but iron and carbon become steel the difference between iron and steel is the introduction of carbon and they become steel only as they're passed through a fire that burns off what we call the slag and then they're shaped by the steel workers skilled hands a soldier is hardened for combat only by first being toughened through the painful trial of a rigorous boot camp at the hands of a skillful drill sergeant an automobile manufacturer confirms the, the strength and the quality of, of their product and addresses the weaknesses only when they put that vehicle through, through stressful tests and trials conducted by skilled technicians. And trials do this. They test and they prove. Through trials, weaknesses are turned to strengths. Through trials, uh, we find those trials become turned into triumphs it's, and it's no different in human life the old testament bears witness to this let me give you a few examples in the book of daniel shadrach meshach and abednego would not have experienced the joy of deliverance had they not first been thrown into the trial of fire that trial did what it confirmed their faith and brought joy because god was in the fire with them you got that Daniel himself would not have known the joy of God's delivering power had he not first been cast into the threatening trial of the lion's den. That trial strengthened Daniel's faith and brought joy because God was with him in the den. And in the New Testament, Paul would not have known the joy of Jesus' all-sufficient grace if he had not first suffered the painful trial of what he described as a thorn in the flesh. And that trial toughened toughened Paul's faith and brought joy because Jesus was with him in the pain. Listen to this. 
We would not know the hope of eternal life had Jesus not passed through the trial of crucifixion. It was the pain of Good Friday's cross that made the joy of Easter's empty tomb possible because God in Christ was on that cross for us. First Peter 1.7 declares that our personal trials serve the same purpose. He writes, these have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, honor, and glory when Jesus Christ is revealed. And so the flames of our trials test and prove the legitimacy of our faith in Jesus Christ and give us the joy of hope because Jesus is standing with us in the fire. And guess what? He's never lost anyone yet. Jesus is with us in the fire of the COVID-19 crisis. Jesus is with us in the fire of shelter in place. Jesus is with us in the fire of homeschooling. Jesus is with us in the fire when we, of, of having lost loved ones. Jesus is with us in the throes of sickness. Jesus is with us even through severe economic downturns. And if the recession becomes a depression, Jesus will be with us in the depression. To grasp the pure joy of knowing that Jesus can be trusted in anything for everything, no matter how hot the fire or how high the flames, we must make three personal commitments this morning. And the first of those commitments is this. We must see our trials as divine opportunities, not as personal defeats. We must see our trials as divine opportunities, not as personal defeats. The purpose of, of the Christian walk is not to free us from our earthly trials. Listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. The purpose of the Christian walk is to take the pain of our trials, give that pain to Jesus, and through Jesus, turn it into the gain of personal perseverance and spiritual maturity so that, as James puts it in verse 4, you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Every one of us will know trials in this life, Christian and non-Christian alike. But listen to me, child of God. If Jesus suffered, why do you think we won't or we shouldn't? The question isn't whether we will have trials. The question is what we will do with them when they inevitably arrive. And we can choose to allow the enemy to deceive us into believing that when trials come, it means God has failed. We can choose to allow the enemy to deceive us into believing that when trials come, it means God doesn't care. Or we can allow the Lord to show us that our trials are opportunities to prove how deep Jesus' victory over darkness, death, and the grave runs. If we believe Satan's lie that the presence of trials means the absence of God, we'll have voluntarily surrendered our life to the one whose purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But on the other hand, if we see our trials as opportunities for God to grow us up in the fullness, into the fullness of Christ, we will then be open for him to strengthen our hope and to increase our perseverance. 
if our trial has come because of a sin in our life and yet we allow God to stand in the fire with us, his gentle discipline will burn the cause of that sin away and he'll heal the wound and soothe the pain, cleanse the stain and free us so we don't have to walk in that fire again. If, if we're in the fire because of something someone else has done to us, and sometimes we are, God, God will leap into the flames with us and keep our spirits from being melted by the heat of that injustice or mistreatment or whatever it is. Even if like Jesus, our trial is that of a cross of death, God will raise us up to glory and hide us underneath his protective wings. Ain't that good news? For those who walk by sight, trials are seen as painful defeats. But for those who walk by faith, trials are welcomed as divine opportunities to see how big Jesus is and how great and how powerful he is. Paul put it best when he wrote this in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. He says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Let me go off script here a moment to say this, that I, I hear in your testimonies, I see in your face, and I hear in your stories and, and in, your, in your statements, I, I see a strength that God is cultivating in all of you in the midst of a time. In other words, people without the faith that we have would be showing weakness and, and deterioration and, and terror and, and discouragement and disorientation. And it's not that we're not disoriented, but I see faith rising up in your hearts and I hear it in your words and I see it on your face. Number two. We must trust that God will stand with us in the fire if we'll stand with him in faith. Let, 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 let's be clear here. Let's be real. God won't stand with us if we won't stand with him. He, he was in the flames with the three Hebrew boys because they wouldn't stop standing with him in the world. He was with Daniel in the lion's den because Daniel refused to stop praying even under the threat of death. He, he was with Jesus on the cross because Jesus stayed true to the will of the Father no matter what. And Grace Chapel, listen to me, and to the Grace Chapel family that includes folks that are far and near, and some of you aren't necessarily members of our church, but we're, you're part of our family. Listen to this. He will be with us no matter what if we will just dare to stand in faith with him no matter what. Jesus said that he would not leave us as orphans, but that he would come to us. And, and we're not alone right now. He's with us in the midst of this COVID-19 crisis. He promised that he would never leave us or forsake us, but the, that he would always be with us. And so James declares that if we're in the midst of a trial and don't know what to do, all we have to do, and read down through the chapter, is ask God and he'll give us the wisdom we need. His purpose is to not let us burn up in the fire of our trials. My friend, you will not be consumed by this. Our trials are simply opportunities for God to reveal his power and strengthen our faith. So why wouldn't he give us every ounce of wisdom and insight that we need as we stand in the midst of the flames? But this is what we've got to do. We've got to live by faith. We've got to walk by faith and not by sight. Which brings us to the last commitment we need to make in order to turn our trials into triumphs. Number three, we must not let the present define our future. James says this in chapter one, verses nine and 10. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. 
there's a paradox there, right? You're in humble circumstances, but you take pride in the fact that you're actually much better off than you think. He says, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wild flower. Now listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. Don't confuse where you are now with where God is taking you. Don't confuse where you are now with where God is going to take you later. Don't see what you're suffering now as being the same as what God has promised to give you later. Now, now what if the three Hebrew boys had seen King Nebuchadnezzar's fire as their fate rather than a temporary experience that allowed God an opportunity to show off, God allowed God an opportunity to perform a miracle? What, what if Jesus had viewed the cross as a sign of defeat rather than a necessary part of the passageway to victory? And what if we see our present trials as our eternal permanent destiny rather than as a means to strengthen us in our eternal hope? Listen, Grace family, if we have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, we've already won the ultimate victory. And there's no question about our eternal destiny. We're, des we're destined for glory and no trial or tribulation in this world can, can rob us of that destiny. Our present trials, no matter how painful, are only temporary when compared with our eternal inheritance. But what we've got to do is to claim our trials as opportunities for Jesus to shine and opportunities for us to grow. We must not let them be about anything else. Remember the story of Job? Job's story is an intense story of trial and testing. But in Job 23.10, this is what Job says. I love these words. He says, but he knows the way I take. And when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. He says, he knows the way that I take. Listen, God knows the way that you take. He said, Job says, he knows the way that I take. And when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. You may be in the midst of trials and testing. I think every one of us is right now. But you will come forth. And when you come forth, you will come forth as pure gold. You are being refined. You're being purified. You're being perfected. So although this is not a joyful season, count it or reckon it or consider it as pure joy because Jesus is with you in the fire. And since Jesus is with you in the fire, the flames can't hurt you. They will only make you stronger, tougher, and more resilient. You are destined for eternal blessing and glory in the presence of the one who suffered and died to save. And so this morning, we tell you something, dear ones, be encouraged. And if no one else will encourage you, encourage yourself in the Lord, because God is working in all of these things for our ultimate good, and it's going to be all right. And yes, we're dealing with a world pandemic and an economic crisis. But listen, I just got to say it one more time, and I'm not going to stop saying it. We will get through this. We will come forth. And on the other side, better than we went in. And it's okay, y'all are muted. So just say it to yourself out loud or to whoever might be in there with you on the Zoom conference. Listen, say this. Say, when God gets through with me, I shall come forth as pure gold. Let's say it one more time. When God gets through with me, I shall come forth as pure gold. Said I wasn't going to preach this morning, but hey, it's, that's the truth. 
I may be down now, but I'm coming forth. Amen. I may be in the fire, but I'm coming forth. I may be shut in, but I'm not shut out and I'm coming forth. The money might be getting funny, but listen, I'm coming forth. I may be in a season of suffering, but I'm coming forth and I'm going to shine. And when you look at me, what you're going to see, you're going to see me shining. And listen, this is what you'll see. You'll see the goldsmith's reflection in me. You'll see Jesus in me. And as I bring this to a close, Max Lucado paints a great picture for us. Just listen to this quote for a moment. Listen to these words. And this is the writing of Max Lucado. God views your life the way you view a movie after you've read the book. When something bad happens, you feel the air sucked out of the theater. Everyone else gasped at the crisis on the screen, not you. Why? You've read the book. You know how the good guy gets out of the tight spot. God views your life with the same confidence. He's not only read your story, he wrote it. His perspective is different and his purpose is clear. Friends, our lives, our futures, our destinies, our past, our present, our future, they're all in his hands. So as the going gets tough, lean into Jesus. When the going gets tough, put your trust and your faith in your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When the going gets tough, realize that the fire cannot consume you. When the going gets tough, realize that God will only use all of these things to make you better, to make you stronger, to make you more resilient. The songwriter, I guess, wasn't wrong when he said, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Well, it's not going to kill you because God wrote the book. And so when the going gets tough, you lean into Jesus, ask him for his wisdom and trust him to use that trial. And he's not going to use it to hurt you or to destroy you, but to strengthen you and to refine you. God told Israel in the Old Testament, I know the plans I have for you, the plans to, not to, 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 not to harm you, but to prosper you and to give you a, a hope and a future and an expected end. God knows the plans he has for each one of us. And I'm so glad to be a part of that. And I'm so grateful that we all share in that plan together as members of this community. And I thank God for every, each and every one of you. And I love each and every one of you so much. And I'm so grateful that we get to walk through this journey together. Let's stay united. Let's stay, let's stay united in prayer and in faith and in trust. And let's continue to love and pray for and reach out to and look out for one another. Because we will get through this. God will use this season of trial. And you know what? We're going to gain things that people that grew up in other less, less difficult times don't gain because they, they won't gain the, the, the depth of refining and, and growth that we're going to get. It's only going to make us stronger. You're going to be okay. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, my heart this morning is, is full as I rejoice in, in the, first of all, being a part of the body of Christ the community of faith that we're a part of. And in this moment, it's become more real to us than it's ever been. Uh, there were times when we could take your body for granted because we weren't that, that stressed, we weren't that pushed, we weren't that challenged. And we could kind of hold our own, we could kind of go in our own strength from, 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 you know, from season to season. But right now we realize we really need each other because we see you in each other and you speak to us through one another. We thank you for this body this morning. We thank you for your love that sent Jesus to the cross for us. And we thank you that he died on 
the cross to save us for our sins and to break the power of sin and Satan over our lives. This morning, God, we thank you for your presence in this place. Indeed, where two or three or 42 or 50 come together over Zoom in your name, you're there within the midst of them. And we thank you for your presence this morning. Lord, lift our spirits this morning. Encourage our hearts this morning. Flood our souls with your, with your light, with your joy. Lord, let your love overflow in our hearts this morning. Lift those heavy burdens off of our shoulders. And Lord, in this season of trial, with every trial and every challenge, and some of us have our own individual crosses to bear, but in this season, thank you for reminding us this morning of how we're to approach those things. And we don't let those things define us. Our present is not our future. Our, our, our trials don't mean you don't love us. They're simply the things that you will use. Some of it is inevitable, the inevitable aspects of life that you will use to make us stronger and better and equip us and make us more resilient. We thank you, Lord, for your grace. We thank you for your promise that you'll, Jesus, you said you'd never leave us nor forsake us. So Lord, I speak joy and love and peace over your, over your heritage, your family, your, your inheritance, which is your people this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, the, uh, the name that's above every other name, the, the name that, uh, at which every knee will bow and every tongue confess that you are Lord. Thank you this morning that you are Lord over our lives. Lord, thank you this morning that, 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 Lord, I just pray for the nations this morning. I pray for the healing of the nations. I pray for the healing of our nation. Lord, this morning, would you rid us of the, of, of the foolishness and the partisanship and the ignorance and, and the, the, the bigotry and all the, the, the division that, that, that is only complicating the task at hand. And Lord, Lord, deliver us from that, the foolishness of America first, its kingdom first. Jesus, you said in Matthew 6, 23, that we are to seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. righteousness and everything else will be added to us it, over every nation and every 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 allegiance and every entity it is your kingdom that is first and your kingdom is worldwide jesus you died you said god so loved the world that he gave his only son and so lord we pray for the world that the kingdom of god would come and your will be done and that by lord by the whether it's through science and, or those who have wisdom and knowledge and and and, and the will to to make a difference and to serve that you you will beat back this this pandemic and that you will bring healing to people and you'll and you'll provide the means for folks to, to to overcome this thing but god thank you that it's all about your kingdom it is about your rule and reign and right now in on this call as we're sharing together your kingdom is is, is in play you are ruling and reigning in our hearts and paul said what is the kingdom of god it's righteousness peace and joy in the holy spirit and we've got that this morning we've been made righteous by the blood of christ we have peace with god and the peace of god and we have joy in the holy spirit and so we rejoice in you this morning in jesus name and if you agree with that this morning just lift your hands where you are and give him a praise just give him the glory this morning and just tell him thank you thank you lord for for your love thank you for your the blood you shed for us thank you for sustaining us thank you for for enabling us to, to count our trials as joy even when they're not joyful to consider them as, as joy because we know your purpose for everything we're going through and you're going to work it all all out for our good in jesus name amen <laughs>